Welcome to Living Box Free. Our mission is to help you break out of the box of worldly expectations. We're here to help you find your unique journey to a healthy, fulfilled life. Welcome back to Living Box Free. This is Becky Ford, and I'm actually doing my first podcast without Ash. So, uh, Round of applause for me being a big girl, learning how to do the recording without my partner here. Uh, We took a little bit of a vacation recently, as most of our listeners know, because I ended up having a baby, and apparently that's hard and time-consuming. So it's been a little bit. Uh, Today, we are so excited, though, to jump back into things, um, provide some really cool content. Today, we're going to focus on the basic human need of spirituality. Spirituality. Am I saying that right, Sharita? Yep. (laughs) Tongue twister. And I am so pumped to have one of my best friends on that we get to interview today. We became besties, I believe, when she invited herself to drive to Minnesota with me to go to an FFA convention. And then we bonded over having to get into the top bunk of some farmhouse beds, (laughs) which is where we stayed. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've been friends ever since. So Sharita, welcome. Thank you, Becky. Super pumped to be here. We are so excited to have you. And uh, as you as you know, we start each of our podcast off with a basic question. What is on the rise for you this week? Yeah, so uh, just the no plan plan of 2020 continues. That's what's always rising right now. <laughs> um, so on the docket this week for me here in El Paso, Texas at Fort Bliss, uh, getting back in the swing of things, kind of that transition post-Thanksgiving, moving into Christmas, Finishing out the homeschool semester. Woo woo. Can't believe we've almost made it through a whole semester. Miracle of the Lord. Um, (laughs) Add teaching to your resume, right? Oh my gosh. No kidding. Um, And then really doing some vision casting, looking forward to 2021 uh, with all things Army Wife Network and my dissertation and that kind of stuff. So full full list this week, but uh, a lot of opportunities for joy at the same time. Oh, I love that. Our listeners are already just listening to that. They're like, wow, what doesn't Sharita do? Dissertation, oh my gosh. <laughs> military. Yeah. So we're going to learn more about the superpowers of Sharita Knobloch <laughs> in just a little bit. What's on the rise for me this week? I was just telling Sharita, uh, baby boys. So obviously our listeners out there, last time we spoke, I had a big tummy and a tiny human inside me. Now he's out and he is rambunctious as I'll get out. So he he's here. Sawyer's his name. We also, Sharita and I have a mutual friend and she had a baby boy this week. So it's pretty cool. Uh, our, my old roommates from college, there's three of us that will have had baby boys in the year of 2020. So we can now all bond over uh, being 2020 parents together. Uh, so that's, that's what's on the rise for me this week. Also, we are selling bracelets at our gym for a memorial fund for a member of ours who passed away, Rob Hayes. So I'm Sharita can see me. I'm sporting our bracelets here. They've got his two favorite quotes on them and all the funds go to Indiana FFA. So listeners out there, if you want to make a contribution, send me a DM and uh, we'll get you hooked up. All right. So we've talked about what's on the rise for us this week. Let's jump into the fun stuff now. And <laughs> I know our listeners, they've probably already uh, gotten a little bit of a glimpse at Sharita and what's what's her background, what's she doing. But we'd love to give them an even bigger sneak peek behind the curtain of Sharita. What's your background? What are you currently doing? I mean, out of all my friends, I feel like you've lived in the most places and you have such diverse experiences. I'm excited uh, to introduce you to everybody here. 
Well, like I said, it's a real pleasure to be here, Becky. I've looked forward to our conversation. I always leave excited and empowered whenever I talk with you, whether it's a formal podcast interview or going for a walk, talking on the phone. So to give your listeners a little bit of insight, uh, as you mentioned, you and I met FFA back in the day, like (laughs) 2006. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was sooner. Uh, maybe 2006, I, 2006 yeah. popped in my head and I was like, oh, at least I was like about a decade ago. And I was like, nope, that's over like a decade and a half almost now, oh. which is weird <laughs> and slightly gross and slightly awesome. But <laughs> yeah, Becky and I went to K-State together, uh, did the FFA thing a few years older than her. And now, um, I'm a military wife of 10 years, loved my soldier for about 12. Now we have two tiny humans, Karis, who is seven and a half and Malik baby boy. He's not really a baby anymore, but he's three and a half. Um, we're like, I mentioned, we're stationed at Fort bliss, Texas here in El Paso. I am owner and commander of army wife network online, armywifenetwork.com doing things for military spouses around the globe, offering encouragement, empowerment, education, that kind of thing. And then I'm also working on my dissertation right now, from Liberty University Online. So someday I will be a doctor, but not that kind of doctor. My husband always jokes that I'm going to be a doctor, doctor level income. And I have to keep reminding him I'm not a medical doctor. I'll have a doctorate of education, but he thinks he's hilarious. So someday I will be Dr. Knobloch, but not quite yet. It's still in process, pending. Someday soon. I love Hopefully. it. Our, you know, our husbands, we used to joke at, or laugh at every joke that they did. Nowadays, doesn't always <laughs> womp, womp. stop trying. with the talking <laughs> as funny as you think you are uh but uh Sharita, obviously i mean i think it's just so cool how you have invested in the lives of so many spouses out there military wise then also i mean being a mother now myself i realize wow i only have one tiny human and I can't find time to wash my hair. <laughs> and Sharita's in school. I mean, so very, very, uh, very cool to see how you have used your time wisely. I mean, you're an amazing mother. Uh, you you find what's the balance for you, if balance is even such a thing. And it's just cool to see how you continue to grow. And I'm glad that you're going to use some of that growth uh, today to share with our listeners so we can help help one another continue to learn. Absolutely. Okay, so... On a fun note, before we jump into the the nitty gritty, Sharita, one of the things I've really enjoyed about your social media presence is you've been posting pictures that represent 2020. And today we're we're talking about you know the human need for spirituality, and 2020 has been a year I feel like without a doubt has just mm-hmm. made this need rise to the top. And your photos on social media just cracked me up. So if you were to choose one of your illustrations that best describe the year of 2020, which one would it be? Yeah, I was thinking of that. And that's a really hard question just because it depends on the flavor and what you want. Like I post those photos, like if 2020 was a radio station and just keep scanning and scanning and scanning in boondock America, Um, you know, or a weird Christmas gift. Like I posted one today of, I don't even know what it is. It's like, giant chicken feet like a chair that people sit on and I don't even have to look for this stuff like it just (laughs) it just like shows up in my life and so I would say the reason I guess why I do these things is 
because I think humor is um, a very accessible and sometimes underutilized coping mechanism when it comes to stress. Uh, For me personally, I can find myself either just feeling very Eeyore and overwhelmed and sad and just nothing to hope for, nothing to look for, or I can really find humor in these things. And so uh, it's really hard to just pick one. Um, I think probably the one that I guess it's been most popular was if 2020 was a barista and I shared a picture of my Starbucks cup and they wrote my name on it. And I get that my name's kind of hard, like Sharita. But even if you sound it out, you can get close. But they put like three extra syllables in there. It was like <laughs> Sharita or something. It wasn't even close. But I was like, that's, that's that's on par for 2020. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. I've enjoyed them so much. Humor definitely helps me get through those uh, those tough days. There was one, Matt Grills, if he's listening, he shared a post and it was this Bob Wire circle. And it mm-hmm. said, if 2020 was a hula hoop. And I'm like, yep. oh, that's, that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. So I've, I've loved those. Those are so funny. Then one of the things that's been really cool about that is, you know, I've been doing it for a few months now and people are now like submitting them to me or like sending them to me. Um, and so I'm trying to post like original photos. So I'm not share, you know, I, I don't mind sharing other people's stuff, but in order to put in my album, I don't want to like, I don't know if that's plagiarism or whatever that's called, copyright infringement, whatever. But um, I'm trying to follow the rules. But it's Mm -hmm. always funny when someone's like, here's a funny one from a fan. Like they send me a picture of porta potties on fire if 2020 was a candle scent. You know, I was like, sounds so disgusting. (laughs) Right. But it's hilarious. And like this stuff's online and it just makes us all laugh and lifts our perspective up a little bit, which I think is really important this year. I agree. Just give photo credit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, let's talk a little bit more about this year. As you've observed this year, and we talk about human nature, uh, what what have you observed about how 2020 has impacted how people have reacted? And even not only how people have reacted, but what has it done to our, not just physical health, but mental health, right? Mm -hmm. I've heard the joke, the quarantine 15, right? Mm-hmm. But the mental health today as well. So tell us, what are some of your observations that you've had over this year? I really think that 2020 has been a year motivated by fear and kind of plus or minus, rightfully so. We've got COVID, obviously, I don't need to restate it, COVID-19, mm-hmm. the elections, um, you know, the the racial tension, things that are difficult and challenging that have come to a head this year or presented itself. And I think that's motivated a lot of fear within a lot of people. But what I think that's revealed about in human nature is the secondary emotion. Very few people are coming online or in the grocery store, whatever, and being like, I'm scared. Like they're not saying those things. What they're actually sharing is that secondary emotion of anger. And that's an emotion that's easily expressed and we really want to find someone to blame and something to blame. And really while we can all do our part and try to make a difference with these scenarios and these situations that we've been faced with this year, the anger I think has created such a spirit of division. And honestly, that's what really breaks my heart. Everything with COVID-19 and the deaths associated with that, very sad. And like, it just sucks. And if I could undo it, if anybody could undo it, absolutely we would. But I think even greater than that is 
the anger that people have been expressing towards one another. And it's, it's really discouraging. And I think that's important to recognize how our words, how our actions, how our reshares, how our comments can impact people spiritually and mentally. Mm-hmm. Yes. Social media has been a, a battleground, sadly, uh, which, which is why I appreciate Sharita watching your handles because it is positive. It's humorous. You add, you know, daily reflections for us to, to think in a positive perspective, but man, what you just described, you know, fear translating to anger is something else that I feel like I've seen. And something that stands out to me is, you know, when people are angry, they usually end up sharing stuff that hurts other people. Mm-hmm. And then what we've learned is hurt people want to hurt people. Right. And, and so it's just this chain reaction of a lot of negativity, a lot of pain. And it's almost, it's almost like if people are in pain, they want to take other people down with them. Some, sometimes, not all the time. And I think that's just a, a, a dark place. Some individuals have found themselves in this year and, and you're right. It all stems from that fear. And it's how do we how do we get around that when you're watching the news and everything you see is so sad and scary and you don't know what's right. And it's the holidays and you want to see your family, but you can't. And we're mm-hmm. on another Zoom call. Uh, so it's it's without a doubt. It's been a tough year. And and I think you translated that very well, that fear has turned into anger. And we know anger. I mean, that's it's not an emotion that's going to breed other positive emotions, mm-hmm. sadly. Yeah, I, I that that's really on point. And there's something we say in the male spouse world. Uh, it's called embracing the suck. And so I think a theme for this year kind of is people fighting the suck. And and I can say suck because I don't know. I just it's just what we say. Embrace the suck. Like yes. we can either fight it and be like, this is all crap and I hate it, or we can be like, all right, this situation is very much less than ideal and it's breaking our hearts and it's really sad. But how do we? navigate through there in a semi-positive manner. And that's not to say that we choose ignorance or look the other way or say sunshine, rainbows, and butterflies, like la la, pretend land, it's fine. It's not fine. It is not fine. But how can we be empowering people moment by moment, post by post, interaction by interaction to lift them up instead of tear them down, to unite instead of divide? Uh, you know, I keep telling my, you know, my people, my church folks, like I don't post a lot of heated topics on Facebook because A, I'm not going to change anybody's mind. Like that, mm-hmm. that I don't go on, like I'm I, very few. I feel like if you think about it, big picture, how many times you've been on Facebook and someone that's fueled by emotion or anger, how, how many times you've been like, wow, that's a great point. Like, no, you're like, Zero. all right, <laughs> settle down. But if, if they present it as, a sober-minded, authentic perspective, then it gives you something to think about. I don't share a lot of that because I feel like my call in life is to recognize the hardship and then provide opportunities to be lifted up, to seek a higher perspective, to know that, you know, it's a little cliche, this too shall pass. Yes, it might pass like a kidney stone, but this too shall pass. We will get through this. Yes. I, I, I just, I think it's an, a u- unique opportunity having you who is, you are a military spouse and you've, you've been a military spouse for 10 years right. and what you just shared, embrace the suck. How has the military prepared you and other uh, members for a year like 2020? 
oh my gosh, I feel like it's been a training ground since this. <laughs> like I think, you know, we there's been jokes flying around, you know, talk about memes on social media. And some people were like, uh, a lot of male spouses were posting it. You've never had the, some of you guys never had the government ruin your plans and it shows, you know, <laughs> um, and that's, you know, a little harsh, kind of true. And yeah. like I mentioned, it's, I am a planner. I love to know what's going on. So that has been a piece of me that's been forced to grow over the last 10 years of marriage, 12 years of loving this guy, this infantryman, and really living by the no plan plan. Like we have a plan. It's probably going to change. And engaging that mentality of um, kind of like the Marines, they say, Semper Fi, always faithful. Military spouses, we say, Semper Gumby, always flexible. And so trying to be continually flexible as regulations change, go back, change to something else, back and forth. And again, that doesn't mean we're not frustrated, we're not weary, but really, again, looking at it from a higher perspective, the bigger picture, seeking to empower and encourage our tribe, because we're all in the same boat. We might all not all be in the same storm, you know, or we might all, we're all in the same storm, but not necessarily the same boat. Like some of us are loving people that are vulnerable populations. Other folks like aren't. And so it's, I think really tapping into grace for ourselves and for other people is one of the key ingredients to navigating this and really embracing the suck for 2020. Mm -hmm. Based on some of these items you've described, fear, anger, um, the, the challenges we faced in 2020, how do people find peace? How do they find peace? Are there any questions our listeners should be asking themselves? Or what are some actions that perhaps you've even done that can help us find peace during that storm? Great question. And if I had the magic formula to manifesting peace, you bet your, <laughs> bet your out-of-the-box CrossFit and self that I would be patenting that right now. Um, bottle that up and you know, make all the dollar bills. But I think peace is going to vary from person to person. Really reflecting on what you actually have control on. You know, what, where, where does your control lie? I think a lot of stress and anxiety comes when things are out of our control. And I mean, hypothetically, many of us like me could hypothetically be a control freak and want to have all the control and again have the plans and want those plans to be rock solid and want to write in permanent sharpie instead of pencil um but really thinking about can i control this and does it matter um and i think i shared this a few years ago with seven days time i'll have to look it up um i think i made like this nerdy like cross-reference chart of like four quadrants with the two questions does it matter? And can I control this? And so only the stuff that falls in, does it matter? And I can control it. Am I to put my energy toward? Because does it matter? COVID-19, does it matter? Absolutely. Sure does. Can I control it? Not really. Um, So we can't control some of these giant issues that are really weighing down on us, but we can control our response. And again, I think that's, how can I respond? You know, for, for some of us who um, have those spiritual beliefs, you know, I believe in God, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Um, you know, I ask, like, how can I honor God in this? You know, it's, it's cheesy, but really, what would Jesus do? Like, 
how can I respond in a way that brings glory to him and loves my neighbor as myself? Because I feel like love has been lacking this year. It's been, you know, the Bible says mercy triumphs over judgment um, in James. And I feel like we've got that totally backward this year. Like it's Mm -hmm. judgment all the way. And it makes me sad. And so that's why I've been limiting some of my time scrolling on Facebook because reflecting, like asking yourself when it comes to, you know, asking your questions, self questions, can I control this? And does it matter? Do those intersect? Um, You know, and when you think about social media, as you scroll through and you get done, are you more or less stressed? Like, do you feel, cause I think we turn to social media sometimes for like a release. Like we're seeking that dopamine hit in our brain, like that feel good, those emotions, those endorphins that we get from anything that makes us feel good. And for me, I have a little dopamine, but most of the time when I get off Facebook, I feel like cortisol is through the roof. Just mm-hmm. being like, I'm stressed because people are arguing or there's still no answers about this part or that part of the news and what's truth and what's not. And so I think those are some of the questions that your listeners would really benefit from asking themselves. I appreciate you touch on what we can control and what matters. What I, as you were saying that I I envisioned this circle of control, you know, what can I influence what's in, Mm -hmm. um, or what can I control? What can I influence? Then what can I not? What I love is that you add in what matters so that helps that criteria helps break it down even more into where should we invest our time mm-hmm. for, for me personally, you hit on it. Technology, actually probably the, I think it was the last week of October. It had gotten to the point where I did a sweep and audit of the stuff on my phone yep. and I deleted certain apps, um, apps that were just, I hate to say it. They were either a waste of time or those those social media outlets were not creating the intentional mm-hmm. experiences I wanted with people. It was, it was more, uh, quite frankly, a waste of time. So I deleted right. some of those with the intention of having a more meaningful conversation with people and limiting my time on social media. So you're right. It's, it's what matters. So for example, when it comes to, you know, virtual connections, mm-hmm. that, that matters to me, connecting with people, doing phone calls with people like you, Sharita. However, um, what, what doesn't matter is seeing every person's opinion, judgment, that right. type of stuff. So that, that for many of our listeners, I'm sure how we use our technology, what's on your phone, do an audit, what's benefiting you ask yourself those questions. And, and as Sharita said, what can you control and what's going to lower your cortisol and not spike it? <laughs> right. I, I will say something else in 2020. I don't know if you found this with your family. We talk about finding peace. Sharita, we're, we're cut from the same cloth. We're both extreme extroverts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I like, we both like to be busy. And especially before having a baby, one of the things that I've noticed is 2020 has actually been a positive for the creativity Mm -hmm. and the creativity that we have found to make entertainment and fun and get away from technology and find that peace. And, and so for us, it's been, you know, finding new ways to do game nights or um, party and connect with people over house party app uh, or even just fun projects at home. So I don't know if that's been something else you guys have experienced this year in Texas. Uh, just, just that creativity of creating new fun when the world is shut down. Yeah, I would say it's mm, I think that gap was filled by homeschooling at 
second grader. (laughs) Um, I'm about funned out by the end of the day. I'm like, all right, nobody talk to me. Um, But, but really seriously, like being creative in, um, you know, how we're working out and spending time outside because the gyms are still closed here. Um, Thankfully we can work out outside year round in El Paso. I think winter fall just showed up this last week, finally. Um, But getting creative there. And then again, asking myself, what are things that build me up? Like enjoying or pressing into that unrushedness of, I don't have to go from meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting, appointment to appointment to appointment. Like I went through all my books a couple of weeks ago because the libraries are closed here. And I was throwing a little bit of a pity party because that was one of my places I go just to walk around. Like for me, it's like a bookstore only free. So I can get all the books I want and then I just have to give them back, which is okay. Um, but I was like, oh, this uh, the library is still closed. I confess right now, you guys, I went and I pulled all the books off my shelf that I haven't read. I'm set for 2021. Like I have enough books, probably probably 100 books on my shelf that I've accumulated over the years that I haven't read yet. And so I pulled them aside, put them in their own little shelf. And now I have something to like present to look forward to. And some of them are, are brainy books, like heart books. Some of them are just like escape Christian fiction, go to a different land away from the Corona um, <laughs> and the homeschooling and the army and all the things and the small humans. So that's a great suggestion. I bet you there's, I bet you I have maybe, maybe not a hundred, but I've got a good chunk of books just sitting on your shelf that you accumulate. People give mm-hmm. you, that's a great idea. Yeah. And it's exciting. It's like a new thing. You're like, wow, look at these things, like these tools, literally like these coping mechanisms, these pieces of recreation, literally sitting under my nose that I bought for 25 cents at a garage sale a year ago or two years ago or 10 years ago, you know, whatever. Um, that it, cause I love to read and uh-huh. this gives me an opportunity to do something that I normally wouldn't have time to do. Great way to look at it. I love it. Okay. Let's jump into here's, here's the, the meat, the dissertation Sharita's working on. I love this. When we talked on the phone a few weeks back, oh man, <clears throat> this is when I really do hope gets published and, and a lot of people can see for our, our crew here. Would you give us, I know you can't go, <laughs> you can't go into the, the deep, deep sea uh, on it, but tell us a little bit more about your studies around that human need for spirituality and how you're connecting that as well to the military specifically. I think that spirituality almost is one of those taboo topics, you know, within the psychological counseling world, we'll talk about really hard stuff like abuse and trauma and PTSD and, um, you know, sexual abuse, things that normally are taboo, but we still don't really press into the spirituality. It's like spirituality, religiosity, and mental health had kind of been buttonheads for a while. But within the last three decades or so, they've started to kind of come together and realize that they have the same goal and the same purpose, healing, peace, um, empowerment, that kind of thing. And so for my studies, it's still very early in the dissertation phase. So if anybody's listening, don't take any notes. It's still early. <laughs> It shan't be published anytime soon, if ever. But I'm really passionate ex- and about it because I think spirituality is a coping mechanism that's highly underutilized. 
every human on the planet has some component of spirituality. And I'm not saying that from a Christian perspective. Like, obviously, there's dozens, if not hundreds, of religions. There's a lot of ways to view the world, whether you do God and Jesus or whether you're thinking about Buddha or Hinduism or Muslim, Islam, or even just the higher thinking of um, the universe. You know, even agnostics and atheists, I think, believe in something, even if it's, you know, even if it's the Big Bang Theory and evolution. And so from my perspective, those are all some aspect of spirituality because everyone, I think, has a spirit. And so when it comes to mental health and looking at years like 2020 or seasons of um, difficulty, like mill spouse life in general, spirituality is highly underutilized when it comes to mental health coping because it's something we all have in us innately that we can capitalize on without an appointment without waiting in line without filling out paperwork we can tap into our spirituality for comfort peace and strength at two o'clock in the morning when the baby has a fever and we have a big meeting the next day or our husband is getting ready to deploy or we're trying to pcs like permanent change of station move somewhere that we've never been before and so I, I really think spirituality has a lot of potential in the field of psychology, especially within the concept, the window of resilience and military spouse mental health. Mm-hmm. If you were to define spirituality in, in one sentence, how would you define it for our listeners? All right. That's a loaded question because I actually, <laughs> I actually try to do this in my literature review. Like I talk about it. There are over 200 different definitions of spirituality. So I would say uh, it's the innate feeling or experience of a higher power that can bring components to your life that you cannot manifest within yourself. Well done. That's the one definition out of 200 we're going to go with. (laughs) Sweet. (laughs) Trademark it, Sharita Knobloch. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, and I mean, as you were talking, I was just thinking, gosh, for some people, this could almost sound overwhelming. Like, which Mm. path do I believe? Which route do I go? And and I, I love all the different examples you gave. What tips would you give someone who is seeking to connect with their spirit uh, what what tips would you give them if they don't necessarily have a connection right now? How do they find that? Well, I want to encourage folks who are listening. I did not grow up spiritual or religious. Like um, from my Christian perspective, I grew up afraid of God and not like the holy reverent fear, more like he is going to smite me. Um, you know, like the perfectionism issues, like have to do it right. And so I think the best way to start is to know, A, you're not alone. Like we all start somewhere. Some folks start at birth, they're raised in a specific kind of household. And then there's other of us who are like, uh, I feel something pulling, like you feel that pull. And so I think kind of opening yourself up to explore and learn about that. Talk with people uh, of um, denominations or religions that maybe perk your ears up a little bit or make your heart, I call it like make your heart a little sparkly, you know, it's super cheesy, but like, you know, when your heart's kind of lit up and you're like, Oh, that's interesting. Um, obviously I'm super biased for me. Like Jesus is my jam. 
and I love him and he's the reason I get out of bed every morning, but it hasn't always been like that. And I still struggle. Um, but I think having the courage to ask those questions, to read those books, to talk with other people who maybe believe um, some of those similar things that maybe you believe in your spirituality is, is not something you put in a box. It's not something like, here's our, here's our physical drawer. Here's our mental drawer. Here's our spiritual drawer. Like they really are all interwoven. And when you start pressing into those things, you're probably going to see fruit or an impact on the other areas of your life. Beautiful. I I will say one, one tip that I would give as well. And this involves you, Sharita is someone once told me actually at work, if, if you were to create a board of directors for your, your life, who would they be? Mm. And identify those people. And when you need to seek guidance, those are the people you go to. For me, from a faith-based perspective, my board of directors, Sharita, I would consider on my board specifically for that faith connection. Mm-hmm. And I would encourage our listeners, if you are, I mean, I love all the tips Sharita just gave. It's also it's also a great place to find the community that supports you yep. on your path and your journey. Um, Sharita is one of those people for me. And there's other people in other areas of my life that I call on to be my, my advisor for different needs that I have. So that's something else I would throw in there. I don't know, Sharita, if you've got, I'm sure you've got your people too that Absolutely. you call on. Yeah. One of the big components of my dissertation is looking about or looking at how important community is when it comes to resilience and spirituality, because from a mill spouse perspective, we don't have that semi-permanent community that we grew up with next door or that we've lived in the same house for the last five, six, 10 years. You know, on an average, military spouses relocate every two to three years. And so that means putting down super deep roots is really hard, but we can put out broad roots for where we're at right there in the season and walk with other people who have similar beliefs. Honestly, probably hundreds of studies done in the last three decades that say, hey, spirituality helps you heal faster. Spirituality is a like protective factor against mental health issues like depression, anxiety, suicidal ideation, um, alcohol abuse, drug abuse, child maltreatment, spousal abuse, PTSD, and looking at how that's a protective factor, being proactive to capitalize on spirituality before we need it, I think is important. Like start planting those roots with our community can change the game when it comes to our board of directors from a faith perspective. Beautiful. So Sharita, as we close out, (laughs) I mean, a lot of food for thought. Sharita can see me. I'm over here taking notes. (laughs) I'm like, Ooh, that's a great quote. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Yes. Um, As, as we close out, what final comments do you want to share with our listeners? Uh, And also would love selfishly for you to share, how can they follow you more? So how can they Mm -hmm. continue to dive into this, learn? Uh, I I know I love following you. Uh, I want to make sure everyone else has that opportunity as well. I would say for folks not to be overwhelmed and intimidated. When it comes to spirituality, when it comes to faith, it's not about perfection. It's about progress. So just one day at a time, pressing into that spiritual tugging on your heart in order not to achieve something, but maybe allow what's already there to grow and develop so that 
in future years and future experiences because unfortunately even though 2020 has given us a run for our money we always have hardships every year this year they've been on steroids um, and <laughs> really loud and for everybody not just individuals but i think having that spirituality developing that um finding that faith that you can tap into in hard times can make all the difference in your mental health and how you interact with your family and how you take care of your body, honor your body, how you um, interact and support your community. So don't be afraid. Don't be intimidated by that. I would love it. If anyone is interested, you can always email me, um, Sharita at armywifenetwork.com. I check every email pretty much daily, respond to all of them. Also, if you want to know more about my dissertation, you can email me. Um, I have a website that's probably a little out of date because it's not really a season for it, but it's seven days time.com, the number seven, and then days time. And then of course you can find me all over Army Wife Network. So if there's any male spouses listening out there or anybody connected with the military, it says Army Wife Network. But over the last, gosh, we're getting ready to start our 16th year. 2021 will be our 16th year podcasting on the air. Um, and I joke that we were podcasting before podcasting was cool because I wasn't listening to podcasts in 05. That wasn't I a wasn't thing either. Me. I didn't even know it was a thing. Um, but 2021 will mark our 16th year on the air. And so we used to be just for Army Wives, but now we have branched out. It is for anyone affiliated with military service, any branch. So military parents, spouses, veterans, service members, supporters, businesses, siblings, grandkids, you name it we've probably got something for you there. So armywifenetwork.com and then across all social media platforms, Facebook, uh, Pinterest, Twitter, Instagram at Army Wife Network. If you can't remember all of that, I will put that in our podcast notes. Yay! <laughs> Especially if you're like, how do I spell Sharita? I might yeah. be like that barista. Sharita might... Tata. Sharita la 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 la. Shaniqua uh, Shanene la tete. Uh, Sharita has many nicknames. I do. <laughs> well, I will add those to our podcast notes on our website. Sharita, thank you so much for your time today. I know, as I mentioned, you've been a an advisor to me. When I when I need help through the storm, you are someone I call. And it was uh, an honor to get to interview you on our Living Box Free podcast. Uh, hopefully people can stay connected. And if they are curious to go deeper in learning about their spirituality, they know who to go to. Thank you so much, Sharita. And uh, we will talk to y'all soon. Thanks so much, Becky. It's been an absolute pleasure. 